podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Monday evening? Happy Monday evening, everyone. Coming at you after Monday Night Football. So we now know who the 49ers will be facing in this next round of playoffs. Yes, the GOAT will be playing on Sunday as Brock Purdy steps onto the field, but Tom Brady is going home after he and the Buccaneers lost to the Dallas Cowboys. 49ers are getting two years in a row of one of the NFL's most historic rivalries in the playoffs. They will be taking on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I believe it's next Sunday at 1230 Pacific, 330 Eastern. So it's a nice, nice little primetime battle. Cowboys are going to have couple days less of rest, maybe a little advantage for the Niners, but the Cowboys looked awesome tonight, Daniel, and I think maybe we'll talk a little bit about how we feel about the Cowboys since we just watched them, jump back to the Niners and the Seahawks, and then keep going, but I I, I thought the Cowboys looked really, really good, and I'm, I'm worried. That was some of the best football I've ever seen Dak Prescott play, and I've always thought pretty highly of Dak Prescott. Yeah, I will say that was some of the best Dak Prescott we have seen. I I I don't think I'm as high on Dak Prescott as you are in some ways, and not that you're extremely high on him. Um, but I'm definitely one of the guys who doesn't believe in him a ton. I had plenty of, of debates about Dak on uh, the Niners split on Saturday. I was watching the game with a couple of people with a Cowboys fan, and he was you know telling me. The one, the one thing he said is he goes, I can see it in the quarterback's eyes, who's got it and who doesn't. And he says Trey Lance doesn't have it. He can see in his eyes. And I go, okay, he's only played a handful of games, so I'm, I'm curious. And I go, does Brock Purdy have it? He goes, oh, yeah, Brock Purdy has it. I'm like, obviously, pretty hard to say no to that. And I go, okay, well, tell me who else has it and who doesn't. And when he said Dak has it, that's where I lost it. Like, nope, I don't, I don't believe in this anymore. If you're saying Dak's got it, I don't believe it. I think Dak is, what, fringe top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Maybe top 12? Like, he's he's very good. He's a guy you can and should build a team around, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's that's okay. But, I mean, he, he passed for five touchdowns tonight. Yes. It was a good a good Dak game, and some of those throws were, were really nice. Yeah. I thought he I thought he looked good. Yeah. You know, one of them was a wide open CD Lamb, so easy one. Can't really count that, but there, there were, and and I can't. I will also say there wasn't a ton of plays where, um, I would say the Bucks defense blew it. Other than that CD Lamb wide open touchdown, I wouldn't say that. Oh, he just looked good because of the Bucks defense messing up. No, the Bucks have a a great defense. Um, they totally. weren't there tonight, obviously. Um. But I, I would say that th- this was truly one of the best Dak Prescott games I have seen. Um, it's just not usually one right after the other. It's not a consistent thing usually. So while, yes, their offense is pretty explosive, and it certainly was tonight, I'm not as worried about that next week. 
Um, I'm certainly more worried about their offense than I am the Seahawks, even though DK was able to run up the stat sheet. But I was talking with Timmy before we started recording, and I was telling him about some of my notes. I'm like, okay, we shut down DK and, and Lockett and Walker, and then I look at the stats and I go, oh, well, we didn't shut down DK because he had 10 receptions for 136 yards and two touchdowns, and that is by no means shutting a wide receiver down. But it just felt like that he didn't do as well because we had run away with the game so much at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I think DK had over over 100 yards, and, and we can break down what this means, but I, I did not think the 49ers played their best game out there on Saturday. They won. I mean, it was a resounding win. It was fun, a great second half, but... Brock Purdy had some bad throws. The defense, I mean, let DK get away with a lot. There was a lot of a lot of moments we didn't love. A really, really sloppy, just completely unnecessary penalty from Jimmy Ward. Just a lot of stuff that that you didn't need. And yet, and I, and we talked about this after after the Raiders in Week 18, right? Like it was, it might not have been what we wanted to see. And yet, I'm almost more encouraged from it because we steamrolled the Seahawks, not playing very well. We did not play that well, and the te- our team was just so good that it didn't matter. And that, I think, is really, really cool. So we're going against a team with a lot more talent than the Seahawks and the Cowboys, but a really, really mistake-prone franchise. I mean, let's not forget the the ending of our playoff matchup against them last year was one of the most comical endings of a football team you'll ever see when they let the clock run out as they tried to spike the ball after a quarterback draw with, was it 10 seconds left, 14 seconds left? It was... It was comedy. And so the the Cowboys are a really mistake-prone team, and this 49ers team will make you pay for those mistakes. And I I think what I'm really encouraged by is I think their best football is still ahead of them, and that makes me really happy. This doesn't feel like the team is playing to the maximum of ability. Everything's on the max. Kyle Shanahan is calling all his best plays. We couldn't go any further, and we got to win. This is like, oh, we coasted. Like, what's it going to be like when we step on the gas? And so that's why I'm I am really, really excited about what this team is going to do next weekend against the Cowboys and hopefully going deeper into the playoffs as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the thing that I am slightly worried about is what's hard is because Brock Purdy had an incredible game on the stat sheet where he was 18 completions for 30 attempts. 332 yards, so a great amount of yards, way more than we're used to seeing with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. Brock threw totally. three touchdowns, ran for one, no interceptions. So obviously, but there were a couple throws that that could have been picks for sure. Yes, and so this game looks way better on the stat sheet than it does in in real time what we were watching. So the final score was 41-23. And I would call that a blowout in a playoff game, but I it, think it did not start out that way. You know, ending the first half down one, it was we were we were coming from digging ourselves out of a hole, and then imagine how much more of a blowout it would have been if we started red hot from the beginning. But yeah, definitely more of a stat game. What's crazy to me is I feel like Kyle Shanahan is kind of notorious for not trusting his quarterback. Like with Jimmy Garoppolo, he never really wanted the offense to run through Jimmy. He wanted to go through the run game. He always seemed to be really, really holding Jimmy in. He wanted to do it himself. He wanted it to go on his scheme. He comes out with a third string, seventh round rookie quarterback and has him sling it. 
I mean, the the confidence Kyle Shanahan has in Brock Purdy is more confidence than I've ever seen him show for one of his quarterbacks in his time as the 49ers head coach. And that's, I mean, that's the few games we've seen with Trey. That's all the time we've seen with Jimmy. There is not a quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has been more confident in. And I don't know well, if let me there's something you, Brock shows at practice or what. Sorry. No, I love your point. And I'm thinking in Kyle Shanahan's tenure with the Niners, has there ever been a quarterback who has gone out there and, and taken the little trust that Kyle's given in certain ways and then shown that he's deserved more, more than Brock Purdy? Or is is Brock Purdy the most that we've seen? I don't know. I mean, I can tell you, I think Brock Purdy has given me more joy and more excitement than any 49ers quarterback in my time following the team with what he's done. Maybe I think Colin Kaepernick, his first year is probably the exception. But, but that other one, than that, the Packers game, that, that whole run. But other than that, there has not really been a moment in my time following the team where a quarterback has brought me this much excitement, this much joy, made this many incredible plays. What Brock Purdy is doing is incredible, and I I think what he's done already has, one, given him the right to start out the rest of the year no matter what happens with Jimmy in the playoffs. And I I think he's earned a chance to compete. I think he has earned himself a shot for the starting job in next year's camp, no matter what happens with Trey or anyone else we might bring in. Brock Purdy deserves to be there. He, He has already earned it the way he has played. I mean, he is playing really, really good football, and I mean, he's not just doing like just enough to win with the 49ers talented offense. He's playing really, really well. And that's the thing that you would have been worried about holding this team back. And so it's really, really good to see the way he's been playing. Yeah, uh, I, I've always said since Purdy came in, I don't want to talk about who's going to be the starting quarterback next year until the end of playoffs. Um, but you're right. He does deserve to be in consideration. Um, I think he's deserved to be in consideration for a few weeks now. I think now he is, hear me clearly when I say he is knocking on the door of, am I going to be able to take the job before the, the season ends, before the playoff run ends? And we'll, we won't truly know the answer to that. Obviously, there will be so much speculation and conversation Um over the off season. And that is all we will be talking about over the off season is who is going to be playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers in, well, it is 2023 at the start of next season. Um, but what we were, so when we started talking about Brock Purdy, we, you know, we were talking about the statistical, how this game looks way better on the stat sheet than it does watching this game. And, you know, Brock Purdy had four total touchdowns and, I think we can move away from the the idea of, oh, he's like what he's doing is amazing because he's Mr. Irrelevant, because he was the last pick in the draft. I think that matters less now. It's just the fact that he's a rookie and he's doing this in the playoffs. I think we would be just as shocked even if he was, the say, the third overall pick like Trey Lance was. We'd be amazed that he was doing this from this early on. Um, no matter where he was drafted. But what we kind of alluded to already is there were some plays where it's usually when he's rolling out left, he does Brock doesn't panic as much as we're used to seeing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He can draw a play out longer. He can create room. He's much quicker. And he's able to make things happen more. 
but we were able to, well, I wouldn't say we were able, we did see the ways that, okay, he's not Captain America. He's going to struggle. Um, you know, he threw the ball out of bounds at times at the very last second. Some, some throws were a little iffy. Um, I think we saw him struggle more than, than we'd like, of course, but we finally saw him challenged a little bit and he was still able to, to have four total touchdowns and no interceptions. So that, that to me is very encouraging, but I think we're, we can go, okay, reality is setting in a little bit. He's, he's not necessarily getting humbled, but we're, we're, it's only tough opponents from here out. So what, what are your thoughts on specifically Brock Purdy, his performance last week? And how you think he'll fare against a pretty solid Cowboys defense, Timmy? Totally. I thought he. I mean, I thought he played really well. I thought there were mistakes, and you expect to see those. But he never let them phase him. He had some awesome plays. Like I said, like you said, when he rolls out of the pocket, it's it's exciting. He missed a lot of wide open guys. That one, you know, where Debo was wide open and he took a shot to Ayuk. Clearly, yep. kind of a miscommunication there. You know, if Ayuk had kept running his route, might have been a touchdown, but. That's One of those, like, you you do want Brock Purdy to, to, you know, when Debo Samuel is wide open over the middle of the field, you should probably give the ball to Debo. So there's there's some moments like that, and, and you're right that the this Cowboys defense is scary. Dan Quinn is calling one of the best defenses in the NFL. He's on track to be a head coach. He almost was last year. I think he took himself out of the running last roundabout, and I think he's going to have a good, good shot at a head coaching gig for the 2023-24 season. And what what Micah Parsons does for that Cowboys defense is absolutely incredible. He is playing really really good football. I mean, he is an all he is already an all-time player because he can he can do it all. He is a true bona fide pass rusher and he can go out there and play in coverage as a linebacker as well. He is an awesome player and he he definitely scares me. Now, I mean, I trust Trent Williams to to limit him and I think our offensive line and and Kyle's scheming can can hopefully keep the ball away from him but it's hard to call plays away from a guy who can play anywhere on the field a couple other names to know Leighton Vander Esch is a phenomenal player really another really really good linebacker that team has and then you got Trayvon Diggs out on the cornerback room he definitely like made a lot of headlines last year by leading the NFL in interceptions but to be honest I think he's had a much better year this year last season a lot of those interceptions came on the back of taking some serious risk that led to a lot of a lot of big plays on him as well and I think this year he might not have had as many picks but he has had a much much more solid season he also has an adorable son that you'll remember from hard knocks last year so it's a little hard to root against him but yeah the brother of uh, Stefan Diggs on the Buffalo Bills really really good corner so he he scares me as well but you have to think with Kyle Shanahan calling the offense, the amount of weapons that we can make pretty plenty of space. But yeah, this Cowboys defense is fast and they're a really, really good team. Michael Parsons is the name you're going to hear the most, but he's one of yep. many, many guys who I'd worry about getting to Purdy. I don't know that that pass rush scares me, Daniel, but Purdy's been able to move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you expect to see? No, I mean, Purdy does move really well and he doesn't, I just, I, every single thing I want to say is he doesn't panic. Like I, that's my biggest frustration with Jimmy is I think he panics and that's when a lot of his bad decisions and interceptions come and Purdy has not done that yet. And he doesn't do that very regularly. Um, but Dexter Lawrence on the edge is going to be a problem. Um, I believe he lines up on the right. So he's facing Trent Williams. So that gives me some, a lot of hope. 
Um, but you're right. Mark, Micah Parsons is the name on that defense. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is elite. But the thing about Trayvon is he gets a lot of those in, uh, interceptions. He's very similar play style to safety Talanoa Hufunga, I would say, where they're, they're both big risk takers. And that is where Trayvon Diggs' interceptions come from, is he is not afraid to take a risk. And it has paid off a lot for him the season prior. This last year, not so much, but when he misreads something or takes a shot and it doesn't work, he has, he like, so last year, I believe he led the league in interceptions, but he also led the league in blown coverage in some ways. So a lot of receivers are able to get some deep plays on him when he takes that risk and it doesn't go his way. So we're just hoping for a lot of those just this one game next week against him. Um, Micah Parsons is that, that linebacker who does it all he drops back in coverage plenty he's there for run defense but he's also very involved in the blitz and and the pass rush defense um I expect to see a lot of blitzes and rushes from him I expect to see him play more of the edge that he can easily do than a true you know off-ball linebacker um I think he will differ from Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner in that way where they're not as involved in the blitz or rush, uh, pass rush attack. They'll drop back in coverage a lot more. I think Parsons will be attacking Purdy probably yeah. more than we would like. And so I, ex- I expect and that's the a, thing. We, a few sacks here. We talk about Micah Parsons as this like versatile player, but like he's yeah. a pass rusher. Like that's ultimately what he is because that's what he's, he's really, really good at it. And that's the most important defensive position on the field. So, of course, you're going to pass rush him. So, here's a crazy stat, Daniel, that I just saw on on Twitter brought by my oh man, boy. Benjamin Solak. He was tweeting about Dak, but he dropped this, t- this little stat as well. Brock Purdy, since the year 2000, had the 14th best playoff game by EPA, which is expected points added. This list reads, ready? Want to see some of the names on here? We have number one is a Peyton Manning game in 2003. Then you have Phillip Rivers, 2007, Josh Allen, 2021, Matt Ryan, 2016. Uh, Mark Sanchez is on here. That's weird. Tim Tebow's on here. What? What? Tom Brady. But but mainly these guys are Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Tim Tebow, legends of the game, Kurt Warner, Cardinals (laughs) Kurt Warner, weirdly enough, and Brock Purdy. 14th since 14th best playoff game by a quarterback since 2000 basically epa expected points added number 15 is this guy you might not have heard of named kurt warner number 16 another guy you probably haven't heard of his name's aaron Rodgers. he's not really no one really cares about him anymore just the fact that i wanted to hear those names just to put it in perspective of who purdy has passed in that yeah and EPA is one of those stats that football nerds will tell you is like one of the most important measurements and predictive measures of like, is something good? Is someone good? I don't really understand it. I tried to figure it out one time, but basically the nerds will tell you that Purdy's awesome. It's like, you know what? The non-nerds will agree. Mm -hmm. Sure. I like it. I mean, those are some good names to be above. I'm, I am for that. Um, you know, I, I, all eyes are on him. He is the focus of this team, whether the offense is running through the quarterback more than we're used to seeing. And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. Um, what I do love to see though, is on this stat stat sheet against the Seahawks and 
you know, I know we're going back and forth between the Seahawks last week and then the future game against the Cowboys. So bear with us. Um, Purdy was excellent, but Christian McCaffrey had only 15 carries, 119 rushing yards alone. That is an average of 7.9, and that is almost double the average of what you would want to see from a running back for a full length of a season. Yes, this is one game, but that is still really cool to see. Uh, Debo Samuel, six receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. That 74-yard touchdown certainly helped him on the stat sheet. Ayuk only had three receptions for 73 yards, and then... Uh, Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey both had a receiving touchdown. So Timmy's bull prediction was correct by both of them having a touchdown. And put it in the I, bank. Put it in the bank. And I predicted Brock Purdy three touchdowns and looking sharp. So I'm going to say a quarterback rating of 131 is a quarterback looking pretty sharp. So both I, of our bull predictions I would were agree. right. <laughs> Yeah, um, we we nailed those predictions for sure. And I will I will say it's uh it's always fun to beat the Seattle Seahawks. That was a, a good time living in uh in L A down here. There was you'll you'll like this, Daniel. There was a commercial for SoFi Stadium and the Los Angeles Rams twenty twenty three season during the Forty Nine ers Seahawks playoff game. So <laughs> I just enjoyed watching an ad for the Rams while two of their divisional rivals were in the playoffs and they sat at home. I thought that was fun. So it is fun. Well, that was well a good time. what is fun is I got to watch the first half of the Chargers Jaguars game after the Niners as well. And the Niners Seahawks, you know, the week leading up, the Niners were supposed to blow out the Seahawks. And they did in the final score, but the game didn't necessarily go like that. But if you look at these two games, they kind of switched the Seahawks and Niners and Chargers and Jaguars because the Niners were supposed to blow out the Seahawks. Well, they were down by one at half. And then they had an incredible second half and, and then blew out the game. The Chargers and Jaguars game was supposed to be really close. Um, but Trevor Lawrence had one of the worst first halves in football we've seen in the playoffs. And it was not a close game. It was an absolute blowout. And then in Mr. Char- Saturday, Trevor Lawrence. And then in Chargers-like fashion, they blew a 27-point lead. And Trevor Lawrence snapped into a new human being, or what I would like to think is going to be his future, cleaned up his game, no interceptions, four touchdowns, and they kick a winning field goal in the last few seconds. So the game's absolutely switched at the first half, where the Niners-Seahawks was extremely close, and the Chargers-Jaguars uh, Chargers was a blowout, and then they switched back to what they were originally supposed to be. So that was just a fun a fun little part of the Saturday football. You know, Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. <laughs> what a fun In stat. his entire life, he's never lost a football game on a Saturday. He's playing on well, Saturday next week. I was going to say, he might not be playing on Saturdays too often anymore, so that, that stat could live on for a long time. Yeah, I'm going to say, well, he's playing, he's playing the Kansas City Chiefs on, uh, oh on Saturday, so... If you're gonna if you're gonna break a sh- winning streak against the Chiefs is probably a good way, but it's kind of unfair to the Chiefs to make them play Trevor Lawrence on a Saturday. But I totally <laughs> agree. That's a good point. A total flip on what you expected to see: the Niners going in at half behind, and then the Chargers going in on a blowout. Not what you expected, but this Niners team, you know, it never really felt in doubt, even though being behind. Yep. 
I mean, George Kittle going off, McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. This team is really, really talented, and Brock Purdy is doing a great job. Kyle is in his bag. I feel really, really good about this team going into the the next round, and that's just that's fun. Last year kind of felt like we were stringing it together with duct tape and a wire and two tin cans, you know, and now it's like now the Ferrari is out of the garage. I felt like last year's team was taking out an old, like, beat up car and fixing it up and doing everything you could and being a really really skilled driver and taking it as far as it could go yet saturday's game felt like a ferrari that was brand new coming out of the garage and just kind of screwing around with it while you drove and so it's like well once we once we really drive this ferrari seriously no one else can hang with us and that's kind of how i feel going in deeper into the playoffs is once the niners really figure it out i don't know if there's another roster that i that i think is as talented there's quarterbacks that I think are better. There's individual game-breaking quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen that I worry about. But mm-hmm. roster construction as a whole, I don't know if there's anyone that I think is better than the 49ers when they're humming on all cylinders. And they were humming on all cylinders by the end of the game on Sunday, on Saturday. So I feel good. Yeah. Where do you think – because our def- I wouldn't say our defense played at the level we, we expected them to, right, at least in that first half. But I can't necessarily place where if, – if you were to say, hey, well, what didn't work? What needs to get better? I don't necessarily have a clear-cut answer for you. Um, I think Diomero Lenore was challenged, and he did his best. You know, there were certain plays he, played, he shined in. He played really well. He had a really good game, I thought. Yeah. I think, you know, some of the things that we're used to seeing, like Nick Bosa didn't get a sack. Um I believe was Armstead the one. Yeah, Armstead had a sack, and then Charles O'Menahue had two. Not used to seeing that. Um, you know, Dre Greenlaw had 11 total tackles and eight solo. We're used to seeing that. Fred only had six total, five solo. Fred was involved in the game, but not as much on the stat sheet as we're used to seeing. Um, so I think Hufunga and Warner, I'm hoping to see them, and Traverius Ward, I'm hoping to see these guys being more involved in whatever way they can, and they're going to need to be against this this Cowboys offense. So what what I want to say is encouraging to me is I assume we're going to have a Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw in coverage on tight end Dalton Schultz, but I would assume the, the Bucks would have their top guys, either Levante David or Devin White, also on Schultz, and they just didn't seem to have an answer for him tonight as he got seven receptions for 95 yards and two touchdowns. So really good player. Twitter, really good player. He's on both of my dynasty teams. And so, uh, just one. Just yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to make your linebacker cover, cover Schultz when you've got Tony Pollard potentially flying out of the backfield. I mean, there's two really field-stretching guys. I and mean, there were guys like that who are game-breaking players that linebackers have to worry about. And oh, don't forget about Ezekiel Elliott. He might not be what he used to be, but he's still a really, really good player. So that backfield is phenomenal as well. So combine that yeah. with a threatening linebacker room, that's that's a crazy world for a line or a threatening tight end room. That's a hard world for a linebacker to navigate. Elliott really didn't do anything tonight on 13 carries for 27 yards and then one reception for 9 yards. But I'm not, I'm not looking at this game and going, oh, Elliot's not to be worried about next week. No, that would be that'd be foolish. He's it's he's Zeke. been one of the best in the game. Yeah, Tony Pollard is absolutely the more feared running back, 
but you can't you can't discount either. Um, Michael Gallup had a touchdown. I know there's a lot of controversy around that one, um, but I, I would easily say that C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz are obviously the two weapons running around to to keep an eye on it and keep close. But again, if Dak turns it on and you know throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns again. He had a rating of 143. Um, there's, you know, you're not watching the weapons as much as you are. Okay, Dak's going off, but what? Where I think the Niners will will, will be able to shine is if he only threw. I mean, he only he threw the ball 33 times. That's not a ton. When Tom Brady doubled that, he threw the ball 66 times and had only 35 completions. So Tom had more completions than Dak had attempts. But Tom was only able I was gonna to get say, two touchdowns. Hopefully it'll be pretty hard for Dak to throw the ball to his weapons while Nick Bosa is just sacking him over and over and over again. It's kind of the kind of the goal, I think. But I agree. I think Dak Dak is really good and those those weapons are not to be I think people hear the Cowboys and they're like, not a very good receiver room. They only have C D Lamb. But Michael Gallup is a really, really good receiver as well. So I, I, I think it's fair to be to be worried about that for sure. And, and to give credit, the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in the game. Um, they have amazing guys with Tyron Smith. Um, who's the guard? Not Travis Frederick's the center that retired. Is it Zach Nelson? What's his last name? Zach Martin. They have a really Martin, good team, you. but they've been but they've been so injured. I think Jason Peters went out tonight. Like the the offensive line combinations they've been putting out there, like it's like they've played like two games together in the same spots. Tyler Smith, their rookie, has gone from left tackle to right tackle, or, le- or left tackle to left guard. He started at left guard tonight, finished the game at left tackle. Like they're and moving he around leads left the and right. And, yeah, and, and he's been so that that, that is something. Yeah, to be and there's so so the Cowboys' offensive line is good. It's not what it was five years ago, like when Dak started. They still have a lot of really really good players, but with the amount of injuries, they've been moving around so much. I mean, there was a guy who finished playing at guard tonight, started out playing fullback because they moved people around so much. So they're really good, but they've been moving guys around. So you have to hope that a really, really fierce pass rush like the Niners can kind of make them pay for maybe not playing together as much in those spots because communication really, really does matter on an O-line. And I mean, the interior of the 49ers line has been playing really, really well. Did you see the play when Eric Armstead sacked Geno Smith with one hand? It was awesome. Yes, it was. That was he just got him got him in the chest with the one arm and just threw him to the ground. And I think so part of me is, you know, I've I see the Bucks defense as this powerhouse, and it certainly was the last couple of years. And I would say this year it's not the same. Their secondary is very similar, and they've got the same linebackers, but the D line is not the same as what it was when it had uh Nanda Kung Su right there with, with Vita Vea and then Jason Pierre Paul. So Sue and, and Jason Pierre-Paul are gone, um, but they've got Akeem Nix, Vita Vea, William Golston, and I guess Ricky you know Logan they Hall got, is taking time. They got after Dak, especially in the beginning of that game. They did. They had five QB hits on them, but no sacks. And so part of me is thinking, okay, if the Bucks have this good of a D-line, I know the Niners is even better, but that we weren't able to get to them. But I think I'm giving the Bucks defense too much credit, and with all the guys that we have at our disposal, even you know Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead at the top two, but even seeing the fact that 
Charles Amenahue was able to get two sacks last game. And with all the other guys that we have at the disposal um, on, yes, the D-line, but even the linebackers in the secondary, you know, we love to rush Hufunga every so often. Um, I'm not nearly as worried as I, I think. I think I'm coming back to reality, and it's a sweet reality. Also, we have Janoris Jenkins. Remember that? Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, the Jackrabbit. It was a uh, we never we never talked about it on a podcast because it was a very late uh, veteran signing, and I it was just to the practice squad, and we weren't sure if he was going to get called up. Yeah, he had t- he had two tackles against the Seahawks, and uh, it was just it was hilarious. Honestly, I seeing about him. That. He used to be so I totally good. forgot about that. That's funny. He's been playing well. I mean, this 49ers defense is is really is really good. And so I, I agree. On paper, we should win. But football's played on grass, not paper. So <laughs> anything can happen. So there's a lot of things to be worried about. But so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to to see what what's going on out there. Um I think I'm really uh, based on last year and based on what we've seen with the Cowboys, I expect them to make some mistakes and and they just – I don't think Mike McCarthy's a phenomenal coach. I think he seems nope. like a nice guy, but I'm not – he doesn't – He. Do, I mean, the, let's not forget how they lost last year on a really, really exactly. just terrible play call. They shot themselves in the foot. So I think something like that could happen again, but you never want to underestimate an opponent. And I do think if the 49ers come out kind of the same way they came out against the Seahawks where it took them a little bit to step on the gas, the Cowboys are going to be able to take advantage of that a lot more than the Seahawks were. So the – the 49ers can't afford to let as much slip this week as they did last week. Uh, yes, I echo that. Um, I am very curious to see, um, you know, Saturday night against the Seahawks. George Kittle had a pretty quiet game. Um, Debo Samuel had all the yards. Yuke uh, had a few big plays, but not not a, a quantity. So it was a lot of Elijah Mitchell and Chris McCaffrey in that's that's our team. That's the Niners, and we're okay with seeing that. Um, a lot of – I just – I'm replaying the Debo pass, 15-yard pass, and then takes it for 74 yards. Like, that is – that summarizes our offense when we do those kinds of plays, and we're going to see a lot of that. I'm hoping to see more protection for Brock Purdy, so a little less scrambling. Um, but it's very encouraging to know that he can move. But ultimately, I expect to see a lot more of George Kittle. I think that – you know, having the Cowboys having a guy like Dalton Schultz, I think that we're going to respond with our tight end in the same way and just show that we have a better one. Um, but it's just so nice knowing that, and it's the same thing every week, but having one of the best receivers in the game, Debo Samuel, two of the best running backs in the game, and Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. Um, and then it's like, okay, those are three incredible weapons. Who's left? Uh, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Well, that's that's great and so i i expect to see a, a a lot of usage from everyone but i just i feel it being a big george kettle game yeah and i i agree i think that that totally makes sense i think if the 49ers lose it's going to be because micah parsons made brock purdy see ghosts for three hours that's mm-hmm. going to be what beats the niners if micah parsons can just be in his face over and over and over again, and then Brock Purdy starts making mistakes. I think that's the way the Niners lose. And it scares me that I do think Micah Parsons is potentially capable of that. But I think we just have to count on Brock has been pretty much unflappable this year, which has been really good to see. The 49ers have an awesome D-line. 
and you just you have to hope that Kyle Shanahan's scheming can can keep the ball away from Parsons and and limit him for for three hours. But I do think if the 49ers lose, Micah Parsons is going to be a huge reason why. Yeah, you and I started off this year talking about if the Niners lost games, it wasn't usually because they got beat. It was because they made mistakes and, and beat themselves in a way. And, you know, I, I, I hate to keep putting all the things on Jimmy, but having Brock being so amazing right now, it's hard to not put it, a lot of it on Jimmy looking back at it, where if he throws one, especially two interceptions, we're like, okay, we lost for these, these few mistakes or a fumble, um, you know, going back to Alex Max butt being too sweaty and we fumble a crucial ball um, last season where just uh, that just randomly thought of that. that two we, silly things. We've really missed out on the Alex Max sweaty butt discourse this year. I must I must say that's re- that's the real tragedy of his retirement that we didn't get to talk about sweaty butts as much. Yeah, I hope we can. Jake Brendel, if you're listening, we need some content. So sweat more. I don't know. Find or find your own thing. Find something different. Find something funny. Um, but we have seen crisp games from Brock Purdy and from the Niners where there has not been very many mistakes at all. And if there are, they're small and they're able to overcorrect them big time. So I think that if we lose at any time in these playoffs, I don't necessarily see us getting truly, truly getting beat. I think something happens and we make mistakes and we're not able to to bring it back enough from those mistakes because I truly think when we are on our game and we are crisp and there are no mistakes, there is not a team that will beat the 49ers, but it is when they make a mistake, okay, are they able to bring it back from that mistake? Um, and I, I think part of that is just playoff football where these are the best teams in the NFL. There is not a single team necessarily other the than box. the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, I was going to say there's not a team other than the Jaguars that – and the Jaguars do deserve to be here, but they're obviously in a different tier. Every other team left is a pretty serious contender this year. You you know, you could question the Giants, but I the think – The Giants. They've – I think that's more of just for, for what we've seen them to be in years past, but this year they, they've been a force to be reckoned with, and they certainly showed the Vikings that. Um. But again, just a long-winded way to say it's if we're on it and we're not making mistakes, the road is ahead. But if, if we fall apart in totally. any way, I think that that could be the factor there. As, as, as the as Niners you, as are said, the more talented team. They have the better coaching staff. They just need to go out and execute, and that that's what it comes down to. With, yeah. with that in mind, should we shift over to make a couple bold predictions and then uh, call it a night? Let's do it. Yeah, just again, we already said, um, I had said Brock Purdy throws three touchdowns and he looks sharp. And boy, did he. And you said two touchdowns, one from each Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. And we had both of those things happen. So what are we what are we thinking next for you? I'm going to stick with a similar approach I took last week, but a little different. I'm going to say we get a Brandon Ayuk and a Debo Samuel touchdown. Okay, I like that. Same same thing, but switching guys. So Devo and Brandon Ayuk. And it can be either way. You know, I'll give you the Debo rushing touchdown for sure if he gets that. 
Yeah, we'll allow for for rushing or or receiving for both. Although I doubt Ayuk is going to pull in a rushing touchdown, but who knows? The man is a talented football player. He when Debo was out, Ayuk he did slide in there pretty well, and especially being thrown in there to Debo's role, um, he didn't do as flawlessly as as Debo does. But uh, I was impressed when he was thrown in there earlier. I'm going to go with a totally. big. Big George Kittle game, and what I mean by that is I'm going to go with a touchdown and, what do you think, 75 yards is fair? Touchdown 75 yards is a big enough game? Sounds good to me. I'd like to have uh, a touchdown and 75 yards in an NFL playoff game. That'd be pretty fun. That would I'm, be I'm a big moment banking, for me. I'm banking on that touchdown, but I do think he'll be more involved. I think that this defense, he will need to be. Um, Kittle's been playing really, really well with Purdy. Yeah, I, th- I think that one, just the tight end position is very comfortable for young quarterbacks. Um, but especially when your tight end is George Kittle, uh, that's comfortable for any quarterback, even a 45 year old one. Um, but I, I think that this has been a big connection, um, big chemistry build for Brock Purdy is just having a guy like George Kittle and not just some good tight end, but specifically who Kittle is. Totally. And and every other week he's been a, a massive factor. I think this last week he's he was in some other ways, um, and some other guys took took the ball a little bit more. But I think he'll in a very contested game. I think he's going to go back to what he he may see as comfortable and. What we see when when he sees George is okay. He didn't like that first or second option, or he's t- taken his time in the pocket, or he's gained more time by rolling out, um, and then he finds Kittle for that big play. And so I think that a number of those will happen, and that is where we'll see George get on the stat sheet. But we didn't even talk about uh, guys on the the Cowboys defense like Leighton Vanderesh, and so that just shows you they're getting him back, and so that just shows you okay. It's not just Trayvon Diggs. It's not just Micah Parsons or even Dexter Fowler or uh, sorry, Dexter Lawrence. Not how I combined Dante Fowler and Dexter Lawrence. Um, and I keep saying Dexter. It's Demarcus. My goodness, I, I need to pull up the names. Apparently, I can't get it right. Um, but yeah, all of those guys are a force, and we got a lot ahead. But uh, it's just I think just the fact that we hadn't said Leighton Van Der Esch's name goes. Oh yeah, they are they are loaded. Um, but let's look at the all pros and the all-star game for the Niners and show you how, how many studs they have as well on offense and defense. So that brings me comfort and allows me to sleep at night. Yeah, I agree. Should be a fun game. It's always fun to, to play the Cowboys. It's a historic rivalry. I mean, Niners Cowboys is an all, all time, all time bad blood game. We got to see it last year and we, We'll get to see it again. This is the 49ers' first real test of the postseason. Sorry, Seahawks fans, but you know it's true. This is a big, big game. The Cowboys are a good, good football team. And if the 49ers want to go on a deep playoff run, if they're going to be a true Super Bowl contender, we will see it on Sunday. We will know on Sunday if this team is going to go far, the way they come out, the way they finish. If they put the Cowboys away, I think they have every, every chance to come out of the NFC. So should be really, really fun. Remember, people, enjoy playoff football while you have it. It's not, (laughs) these moments are fleeting. Um, We might not always be in the playoffs, but we are now. So let's enjoy it. Before we we move on, I just want to throw this out there. I'm about to wrap up, but I I think John Lynch might be, we didn't talk about D'Amico and his head coaching offers. He's going to be a head coach. 
But the other guy on the 49ers that staffs always wanted to interview was, I think he's VP of player personnel, Adam Peters. He turned down every interview request he got this season, Daniel, to be a GM. I think that means John Lynch has told him he's leaving soon and like it's his job, right? That's the only way that makes sense to me. I would would say it looks like that. Um, I don't have, I don't have a better, a better answer for you. Um, I just don't want to think about it. (laughs) I will say I, I heard Adam Peters, you know, he's a lifetime 49ers fan. So he like, might just want to work for this team, which is really cool. But anyway, I expect him to be our GM within the next couple of years, but I just wanted to throw that out there. But (laughs) yeah. Um, any, any, oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this is my parting thought. I just looked at, uh, perfect. I saw a sports center post and it's left in the playoffs. You know, we're down to eight teams, right? Um, that, that's a lot left, but it is the, in the NFC, it is just the 49ers versus the NFC East because it's the giants, Eagles and Cowboys and then the Niners. So you got three teams from one division in the Niners. So the Niners are just going to pick apart the NFC East one by one like they have, but as you said, it's a historic matchup. It is it is always fun when the Cowboys and the Niners get together. So it's not a it's not a Joe Montana, um, Troy Aikman game. It is a Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy game. Yeah, I agree. Should be a fun fun game. We get to see. Let's see what Brock Purdy is. He's been pretty fantastic. Let's see where the sky. Let's see where the limit is on his on his potential, and let's let's hope the sky's the limit. Listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. We love having you here on 49ers Unrestricted, and uh, enjoy enjoy this playoff run. Daniel, any parting thoughts? Enjoy enjoy the game. Enjoy it as much as you can, because as we said, playoff football does not always last. But we've got a few more to go. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for tuning in and uh, stay safe out there, everyone.